Hi, this is Tova from Operation Tube Top, and I guess this is my third podcast. It seems like I'm doing a lot right now, but I'm just kind of trying to guess, I guess, get into the swing of things and try to figure out how it's going to work best. Um, So I'm going to be aiming to do these once a week, and I guess it'll be mostly on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, depending on what evening or which evenings I go out. So today's going to be a little bit of a mixture of things I'm going to talk about because um, there's not really any plan. Uh, eventually it will be a little bit better planned because I'll be more of a professional when I do this. So, um, I guess let's just get started. So, um, today was actually an Austrian holiday. I had to work, unfortunately. Um, it was called Maria Himmelfahrt. So, uh, pretty much what that means is, uh, Mary drove to heaven and I'm not a Catholic, so I don't know much about it, but I'm pretty sure it was kind of a big day. And I think God kind of owed her because, you know, she carried his child and child support, I guess, didn't exist in those days. So he was like, listen, you know, when you're done, uh, you can come up. So uh, I guess that's what they celebrated today. So I had to go to work. Uh, The kid decided to wake up at 2.30 in the morning and act a bit like a rock star. So we're all really exhausted. It was my own fault because I got, I got cocky. I was like, yeah. He's a pro at sleeping. He's been so good. Uh, but yeah, of course, uh, that's Murphy's Law. So hopefully tonight he will sleep through and I won't be a zombie tomorrow like I was today. Um, speaking of the kid, I guess this is kind of a good segue. Uh, I got into a bit of an internet discussion. I usually don't get involved in these types of things because for me, It's just, no one is on the internet to be like, hmm, today I'm going to post my opinion and I'm pretty sure that someone's going to come along and change that opinion because that, that just doesn't happen. People have made up their minds when they're posting stuff and you can use all the caps locks that you need to use to try to get your point across and it's just not going to work out. So, um, yeah, I guess it was Sunday afternoon and, uh, there's this forum that I'm part of and there's many, 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 many women who are on it. And of course somebody asked about, vaccines. Uh, of course, this is a very, it's a big hot topic, hot button. I don't even know what that means. It's a, it's a very controversial um, topic. And I am sure you've heard that there was a story that vaccines caused autism. And then it turned out that the doctor who came up with this study was actually just, he just kind of made it up. He was looking for a correlation and I guess he fudged some numbers or he found, you know, statistics, you can make statistics work in any way. And uh, a lot of people stopped vaccinating their children because of this. Jenny McCarthy talks about how it caused autism in her son, and now he's cured, which is a whole nother topic I'm not going to talk about today. But let's quickly talk about vaccines and autism. I can say as a mother of a child with autism that vaccines do not cause autism. And uh, I'm very disheartened when I do see people say that it did cause their child to get the autism because... Um, I understand why people say that there is this kind of, the timing can seem very suspect, you know, kind of at the age where a lot of children start to exhibit certain traits of autism in a milestone development, um, time, I guess that's kind of when they got a certain type of vaccine. So, um, our son has autism, um, regressive autism. So, you know, it also kind of hit around the time that he'd gotten a round of shots, but I know a hundred percent sure that he did not get autism from uh, vaccines. And also for me, autism is a part of his personality, is a part of who he is. Uh, I get very 
I guess very insulted when people kind of are like, well, I don't want my kid to have the autism, so I'm not going to vaccinate them, which pretty much what you're saying is you don't want a child like mine. And that's horribly um, insulting because I think my child is just fantastic and amazing. So when people say stuff like that, I take a deep breath and I just try to let it go. But it is, it's, it's awful. It's just really, you're you're kind of discounting all the brilliance that comes from someone who is autistic. I'm not talking about the savant or, you know, not every child with autism has a special gift, but this is a, you know, integral part of their personality. When we, you know, we do therapy for our son and the reason for that is not to change who he is, but to kind of give him life skills, um, like making mommy a martini, very important. Uh, there are things that we want to help him with, but not change who he is. And I think this is something that needs to be talked about in the autism community. I'm always super excited when someone with autism uh, kind of talks about their experiences and voices their opinions. I know that it's a very difficult community because everyone has a different opinion. I'm making the best decisions I can as a parent first. Um, so yeah, sorry, kiddo, you're, you're going to have to put your shoes away. That's, that's kind of being a parent. So I don't think it's helpful to blast parents when they're just trying to do their best. But back to the vaccines. Um, I once got a, a Facebook message on my autism in Vienna page and a mom wrote me and she said, I've got two kids and they're, you know, normal and I don't want them to be vaccinated because I don't want them to get autism. Can you tell me a doctor who won't vaccinate them? And I was like, well, you know, there's doctor go play in traffic or doctor jump off a bridge. I know. I just, I said, no, sorry, don't know um, <laughs> who I can recommend because you're oh, so maybe so angry and so hurt. But I, uh, that type of thing just really riles me up. It's just a lack of um, education and ignorance. So uh, just to put it to bed, I don't see a link between autism and vaccines. Please do your research. Please Google. Please understand that this is a complete false story. And vaccines have their own issues. If you, you just educate yourselves on it, but don't link these two because it's just... It's awful. And it's pretty much, once again, I have this big problem whenever there's a study of like um, higher risk of autism when the mother watched, um, you know, I don't know, Magic Mike. You're blaming the parents for something and you're not saying anything helpful at this point. So kind of my policy on the Autism in Vienna page is not to post studies because a lot of them are still inconclusive. People are finding anything that they can grasp and I feel like you're just selling people snake oil. Uh, you know, we need to educate people on the benefits of a child with autism and how they can enrich your lives and not how to change them. And the term cure is just horrific. So if we can remove that, it's not a sickness. Uh, it's, 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 it's horrible. So that was my little rant. And, uh, I'm glad, I'm happy to say that I didn't actually you know, lose my um, proverbial Facebook shit uh, that Sunday. I just, I kept it together, but I was kind of in the bedroom and being like, oh my God, she, she wrote that? Oh, well, here's another thing. But I, I, I tried to keep calm because it just doesn't do any good. No one's ever going to walk away from a Facebook discussion and be like, you know what? She was right. No, it's, it's just not going to happen. So uh, I'm going to take a quick break. And also with this podcast, I'm not going to break it up into three parts. So I hope it uploads properly. 
uh, I noticed that uh, it's just easier to kind of keep it in all one thing. So this one should probably about be about 20 minutes or so. We'll see. It depends how much I talk. So I'll be back in a second. So I'm back now, and I guess let's talk a little bit about what I have planned for the next few days. Obviously, work. And on Thursday, I, I think I mentioned this before, I'm going on this secret Vienna tour, uh, Dark Secrets of the City. I'm really excited because I love that type of stuff, and uh, I'm curious to see how it will be. And I guess speaking of, um, yeah, so that's my plan on Thursday. And then Saturday, I think I'm going out for dinner. Otherwise, I have to do some school supply shopping on Saturday and this and that and just kind of hopefully get back to writing my book some more because I've kind of put that on the back burner because I was like, hey, new hobby, podcast, great, perfect. Um, speaking of podcasts, I kind of, I think it's really important to talk about what other podcasts exist out there and kind of, you know, what has led to what I'm doing now. And uh, a friend of mine, she's kind of my podcast dealer because I remember when people started talking about podcasts a few years ago and I was like, you sit around the old timey machine and listen to the radio or the gramophone. It seemed, it seemed very, very kind of hipsterish vintage. And, uh, of course, uh, I was wrong. And my first podcast I listened to was, uh, Serial and it blew my mind. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it. There are two seasons, I think. I've only listened to the first one. Eh, it's incredible. I, you go back and forth on these episodes and I, I feel you get really emotionally invested in the story. So, uh, I have to thank my friend, uh, Lucy, who I'm trying to get on this podcast. Uh, I'm going to have to bribe her. So I thank her for that suggestion. And then the next thing I heard was S town or listen to S town. Oh, so good. It's uh, I'm not going to describe what it is, but if you have the time, totally, uh, listen to that because it's very, it's, it's so, it's so incredible. It just kind of went a direction I didn't think it was going to take. And it's, it's a real human interest story, and I just I, it blew me away. Uh, of course, my friend Lucy also suggested um, my favorite murder, which I've talked about uh, and I've written about, and just I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I, I, of course, I'm, I'm I'm like two three years late. I was like, hey guys, you heard about this new show? It's called Friends. It's about these people in New York. Uh, so I'm late to the game, but it's amazing, and I do have to really fast forward anything that does like has to do with kids being murdered. I can't, I can't stomach it. I can't handle it. So I just kind of skip that. I probably miss a few of the stories, but ugh, these two women are absolutely amazing and it's amusing. And you kind of feel like you're listening to two friends just kind of gossip. Okay. About murder, but it's, it's amazing. Obsessed. That led me down the rabbit hole to one podcast called teen creeps. And I, I, it's a real niche because what they do is they read old Christopher Pike and R.L. Stein books. And these were my, ugh, I was obsessed with these books when I was a preteen and I was moody and angsty and I got to read about teenagers being bludgeoned. Uh, that sounds awful. No, it was one of these, it was great. R.L. Stein and the Goosebumps Bumps series. I think, if you didn't like it as a teenager or preteen, you had to, you had to, these were great books. Um, of course I also read, uh, Sweet Valley High and The Babysitter's Club, just, you know, so I'm not that much of a freak, but this podcast is great because they're kind of talking about these books that were written in the eighties and the sexism is hilarious. And they talk about how like every beautiful character has auburn hair, like a, a hair color that doesn't exist in real life. Uh, it's fantastic. So if you do get a chance to listen to those, I think it's Feral 
Audio or Feral Radio that you can find the links. And these two women uh, are, are great too. So really, I feel like I've got my podcast um, inspiration. These are things to listen to for the next like 16 years. Uh, speaking of kind of crime and, you know, my favorite murder, uh, it's funny cause I do enjoy true crime stories. I remember when I was, I must've been 12 or 13 living in Vienna and the OJ Simpson trial started and my mom every day after work, she would be like, TV's mine. And she would sit down and these people, like they would show the court, like that the whole case in the courtroom drama and it was like Judge Ito was our crazy fun uncle and Marsha Clark was like the friend that you wanted to hook up with this guy you knew, but you weren't sure if it was going to work out. And then, you know, Shapiro was like, oh, gosh, you know, he's kind of that weird neighbor, but you hang out sometimes. No, it was, a, it was, it was really like watching, it was a drama. It was incredible. And I think you get, you got so invested in it and I'd watch certain things. I mean, what was it? Dr. Henry Lee with his blood splat splatter. Suddenly everybody was an expert and they'd be like, Oh yeah, that splatter hit the wall. Cause it was ugh, awful. Uh, and I remember when the, um, the jury said not guilty and it was just madness. And we were in Vienna I mean, we didn't even have the internet and it just was a global, global story. So, um, I guess, I've always kind of been a little bit interested in true crime stories. They scare the crap out of me. Uh, but I remember back in Toronto when I lived there with my husband, we used to watch the show called City Confidential. And it was great. And they would like kind of pick a city and talk about a murder that shook the city. Uh, obviously not Detroit. It was other cities. But I, I just remember being obsessed with that show. Uh, and I, I don't know exactly when it completely started, maybe with the O.J. Simpson trial, but I'm pretty sure that Murder, She Wrote was kind of my gateway drug into crime stories. And I remember being, like, when I'd stay home and I was sick and I'd be like, what's this Jessica Fletcher up to? And uh, I, I talk about Murder, She Wrote, I think, a little bit too much. I might be a little bit obsessed with it. And uh, I still watch it when it's on TV. It's one of these things. And the kid actually adores the opening music. It's funny it comes on, he comes running from another room. He just, he loves it. He just, he adores that song. So, uh, you know, I have theories about Jessica Fletcher. You know, she's, she's a widow. She lives in this gorgeous house. She's a former school teacher. And now she's like a bestseller author. And, um, it's always funny because you've got, you've got different characters. You've got a couple of recurring characters. So you've got Doc, who is like the, the, the ultimate friend zoned guy you know that he's been crushing on her before her husband died. Cause he's just, just always around and he's like, are you doing Jess? And she's like, doc, I'm, I'm okay. And he's just like, need anything? Do you want me to check your breathing? And he's, he's everywhere. Like even when there's the episodes where she moves to New York city, he kind of shows up on her doorstep and she's like, Oh doc, I'm fine. And I'm like, Oh, friend zone doc, poor doc. So yeah, that I always find kind of a funny situation. And then, then of course there's, um, Sheriff Metzger who quite possibly is the worst policeman who's ever existed. I mean, the guy is just arresting anybody. He walks into the crime scene and he's like, you, Hey, you're arrested. And every single time he's got the wrong guy or the wrong woman. And, you know, I think deep down he hates Jessica Fletcher. I think he's got this burning passion of she's going to, she's going to prove me wrong again that that bitch. And I think maybe if the show went on, he'd snap and he'd kill her. That's just my, one of my theories. 
And uh, I also always, always wonder why she keeps getting invited to events because someone's always going to die. I mean, it's like having that guest that came to your party and he, I don't know, he like throws up somewhere and you're like, yeah, Bob's not invited anymore. It's like Jessica Fletcher. Why do you keep inviting her? She can't be that great in general to be like, well, we've got eight people here tonight. One of them's going to die, but Jess, she's great. She's so funny. She's such a great writer. So I'm always like, ah, this doesn't make sense. And then maybe, just maybe Jessica Fletcher actually is the killer. Cause I mean, she, she always seems to solve the crime. I bet, I bet that's it. You know, and apparently rumor has it that the real Cabot Cove highest murder population in, uh, in, in the States at this point. So I heard that and maybe it's cause she's not there anymore or there's copycat killers. I don't know, but I just remember watching that show and being like, that is an idyllic little town and that's gorgeous. And I would love to hang out in a little fishing village like that. But the murder rate does seem kind of creepy even back then when she was around. Um, so yeah, it's totally random to talk about that. I think it's, it's, um, it's one of these things that it's comfort food for me to watch shows like that. And I love stuff like Columbo and, um, you know, the husband and I will sometimes watch, uh, true crime stories. And I think it was like a few months ago, there was this awful, um, kind of story about this guy who killed his wife. And then he put her in like this huge, huge, huge freezer in the, um, garage. And I said to the husband, I was like, well, you know, I'm too big for you to carry. And he's like, why do you think I've been going to the gym? And I was like, what? What? And that's just so out of character. So now um, I sleep with pepper spray, but it's fine. You know, you know, if anything happens to me, that, that's that's what's happening. Um, we also watched a show the other night, and it's this series called Horror Trips. I can't. I have a hard time with R's, so I'm not saying horror. I'm saying horror. I can't. I can't do it. I don't know what's wrong with me. So pretty much, it, it's true stories of people who somehow end up in a Thai prison or in a gang or like kidnapped by gorillas in the jungle. And the one that we watched last night was, uh, this, this woman who was a pole dancer. And I think she's already in her thirties at that time. So, you know, she's established. And, uh, this guy comes up to her in the bar in somewhere in, I think in London and he's from Guyana. And he's like, I'm opening a club in Guyana in Georgetown. And I think you could train the woman there how to pole dance. And I was like, Oh, this is going an interesting route. And she, of course, is like, oh, that sounds great, but I'd really like to bring my husband with me if I'm going to go for a couple of weeks. And the guy's like, sure, no problem. And I'm thinking, eh, I don't know. I think, I think South America might already have, you know, people to, to strip, but I don't know. I, this is interesting. So she, uh, ends up going to Georgetown with her uh, husband and they show up and there's no car meeting them. And I was like, that's, yeah, that is weird. And finally they have the hotel name. So they have a taxi, take them to the hotel. They're not, um, in this, they're not booked into this five-star hotel apparently. So they decide to just kind of pay and spend the night and then kind of figure out what's happening. Uh, later that evening, a guy shows up and he's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't, you know, I missed you at the airport. I'm so, so sorry about that. Um, uh, but actually we have you booked at another hotel, uh, because we just chose this five-star one. So it looks better for your visas. And I don't know, that would kind of freak me out a little bit. That would be something where I'd be like, yeah, this doesn't sound right, but they're like, okay. So the next day they go, uh, with the driver to this kind of grotty 
I guess, motel and there's no pool. And she's like, Oh, there's no pool. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Oh yeah, it's, that's, that's your big concern right now. And they decide like, um, because they're told that the nightclub hasn't opened yet. It's going to take another week. So they just need to hang out. So during the days they go back to the five star to go swimming and have cocktails. And then I think by the third day, this bodyguard guy shows up and he's like back to the hotel with you. And then, you know, something's happened and pretty much they're told that they're going to have to smuggle drugs back to the UK. I mean, and they're shocked and they can't, and I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> kind of dumb. I, you know, I might be a really great English teacher, but if somebody's like, we're going to fly you and you're going to stay in a five-star hotel and you can bring your partner to teach English to people here, I would be like, yeah, I think you can find somebody closer. This is, there's warning bells. Nobody really kind of does this for you. And I think pole dancing, while I know it's a tough profession, I don't know if they fly you over as an instructor unless you're really well known, but who knows? I don't, I don't know. I don't pole dance. So they have their luggage confiscated. And then when they come back with their luggage, they've got like each eight bottles of shampoo with cocaine in it and liquid cocaine, I guess. And I'm like, Oh, that's not obvious at all. So they're brought to the airport the next day. They make it through customs because they've told every they've told them that like a lot of people are bribed along the way. So they probably won't get checked and they have to like fly to St. Lucia and then they've got to take a ferry and then they, they make it to St. Lucia and then they go on a small plane somewhere else. And then suddenly they're caught by the police and it turns out that they were used as kind of the small bait. So this is what drug, uh, I know way too much about this. Drug dealers will take like a drug mule, give them a smaller amount and then on the same flight, give another guy a huge amount, but then they call in the small drug mule to be arrested so that the big thing can go. Why do I know this? So bizarre. So they're caught. They end up spending uh, 20 months in a Caribbean jail. And then uh, finally they're released. And it was just like, yeah, these, these are good. These are things you need to show teenagers if they're ever like, you know, I can make some good cash. Pole dancing in Georgetown, Guyana. No. There's one, we watched one where this woman went to Thailand to smuggle drugs and she knew she was smuggling drugs and she just thought it'd be easy money. And it's like, no, I've seen Broke Down Palace. This isn't good. Don't do it, kids. Don't do it. They will not buy your story. So that was a great show. I enjoyed watching that um, the other night. So I guess I'm going to uh, wrap this up because uh, I've got to go to bed soon because I've been up oh, forever and hopefully the kid will be asleep soon. Um, just to let you know, I think the next couple podcasts are going to be also kind of a mishmash, but I'm definitely going to do a review and I want to do a bit of a, I guess an eighties film review because I, I wanted to do this actually in my blog post for a long time. I just haven't had the time, but I want to talk about some of my favorite films from the eighties and maybe a little bit of a synopsis or a little story about them. And I think the first one I'm going to do is, uh, adventures in babysitting. I just feel really nostalgic right now end of summer, it always feels a little bit, uh, I don't know, I feel a little nostalgic. So I think I might be doing that. Also, I'm kind of arranging a podcast with friends from Craft Wines, which is kind of one of the best wine places where to buy wine in Vienna. So that'll be coming up hopefully in a couple of weeks. And for now, I guess that's about it. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I sent my parents the link. So hi, mommy and daddy. I didn't swear in this one. Uh, they seem to like it, so I'm not sure how much they're going to enjoy me talking about murder this one. Uh, but it was it was it was good to to talk. It was good to get this off my chest. 
Uh, I hope you all have a fantastic evening and a fantastic rest of the week. Again, please like the post if you can, share it if you want to. Uh, this is really, I'm going out on a limb here. It's a little scary, a little intimidating, but it's really proving to be a lot of fun. And uh, again, if there's anything you want me to talk about or to express my opinion, because I can be quite opinionated, uh, please feel free to let me know because uh, that helps me out a lot because then I feel like I can focus and not talk about Jessica Flack, Fletcher and vaccines in one post. So again, have a wonderful evening. And I guess all I can say is toodles.